0: Hey everybody welcome to the quest for life podcast i'm dr ed slover and i'm fiercely passionate about helping others build a high-performing mindset that allows them to bring about positive transformative change in their lives for those of you that are frequent listeners of this podcast first off thank you and you know that the content i publish is designed to be helpful which is why i've chosen to do a three-part series around motivation specifically each part will explore a specific topic that's grounded in the idea of self-reinforcing behavior for clarity self-reinforcement is the process by which individuals control their behavior by rewarding themselves when they achieve a certain standard or goal or uh, maybe even exceeding that goal. In the context of motivation, which is the why, air quotes, we do anything, such behavior is reinforced when, to use financial or economic terms, our payoffs exceed our costs. Said differently, it isn't rational to engage in any behavior that doesn't seek to maximize real or perceived payoffs. It just doesn't. The only rational behavior is to actually pursue things that maximizes our payoffs and minimizes our costs, And this makes sense because the the cost of doing things that undermine our payoff have numerous emotional, psychological, and practical implications in our lives. For example, we stay in romantic relationships for a variety of reasons and in the aggregate we evaluate that the payoff of staying supersedes the cost of any alternative, including leading. So think about it this way. We calculate on an ongoing basis those things that supersede any perceived pain related to leaving, such as starting over, financial hardship, breaking up a family, fear of the unknown, the list goes on and on. And even when the relationship has its share of dissatisfying elements, if the pain doesn't supersede any pleasure or payoff that we derive from the relationship, we're likely going to stay in the relationship. Now, there's a lot of directions I can go on this particular point, but let's keep it simple and discuss some of the reasons why people choose to stay in romantic relationships, the role of self-reinforcing behavior, and how that dynamic plays itself out. Researchers at the University of Utah have studied this for years and they've looked at the primary reasons why people choose to stay or leave romantic relationships and they arrived at two lists the staying list and the leaving list and they identified 27 reasons that support People staying in a relationship and 23 other reasons that inform us why people leave now I'm not gonna go through the entire list of 50 things, but I do wanna call out five primary reasons for both staying and leaving. So first, why people stay in relationships, emotional intimacy, emotional security, financial benefits, validation, and habituation. On the leaving side, partner withdrawal, constant fighting, inequity, loss of attraction, violation of expectations. Now, on the leaving list, you'll probably note that I didn't touch on anything resembling physical or emotional abuse. I didn't touch on unfaithfulness or infidelity. You can check out episode 13 of season one of the Quest for Life podcast, Top 10 Relationship Killers, if you wanna learn uh, more on those topics. So back to the staying list each of the reasons for staying in romantic relationships all makes sense. I mean, it seems silly to stay or want to stay in a relationship, romantic or otherwise, if there's a lack of emotional intimacy or emotional security. Put another way, emotional intimacy and emotional security are foundational to building meaningful, joyful, and functional romantic relationships. The other three however, get a a little bit tricky, or can get a little bit tricky. Like with regard to staying in a relationship due to financial benefits, above and beyond the fact that you might benefit a certain minimum financial standard, you might benefit being affluent, it seems potentially, that's the qualifying word, it seems potentially manipulative to stay in a relationship for nothing more than the financial benefits, especially if there's a lack of physical and emotional intimacy. Now, from a purely pragmatic standpoint, I get it. It becomes really, really concerning if the relationship is insecure, thereby leading to financial insecurity, and then what do we ultimately do with that? So this one kind of gets a little bit tricky on us. The next one that gets kind of tricky is validation. You know, on one hand, we should validate our significant other. I mean, if you're in a relationship where you're not getting some degree of validation, that becomes dysfunctional on you really, really quickly. And the act of validating the other person does bring some degree of joy and fulfillment in the life of the other person. Where this one gets tricky is what if it's not consistently said out loud what if one or both people defer to the this idea that the validation of me choosing to stay in the relationship with my significant other every day is validation enough because quite frankly it's probably the best compliment we can ever pay someone where we wake up every single morning and we choose to stay with that person and the very fact that we're staying with that person is, in fact, validation on an ongoing basis, even when we don't say it out loud. The last one is habituation. The idea that we stay in relationships because of habit can get tricky on us as well, also in light of uh, when there's a lack of emotional intimacy or emotional security, so staying in a relationship where you know that the habit of someone's um, relationship, the habit of someone's daily life doesn't blow anybody's hair back, seems to seems to lead to some uh, some weird dynamic within within the relationship. It, I mean, where we're managing. Uh, consistent schedules, or we're over scheduling ourselves in order to be incredibly busy to avoid maybe dealing with some of those things with our partner or within our relationship that can actually make our relationship better. And what that what that doesn't allow for is for us to tap into the emotional root system that brought the, the people together in the first place. You know, but hey, to, to each his own. Now, I'm going to do a little bit of break in the action here because touching on each of those five reasons for stay, staying, most notably the last three, it, it, can, it can get a little uh, mentally, uh, mentally tricky in the sense that it can, those things can come off as sounding judgmental or like I'm poo-pooing certain things like why would you poo-poo someone who wants to stay in a relationship simply because of the financial benefit. Um, I mean this might even sound overly critical and maybe you're right but each reason to stay underscores the point that despite the reasons and there are many many reasons whatever we deem the reason to be for staying reinforces our behavior to stay in the first place this is the definition of self-reinforcing behavior so that's a bit of an examination of reasons to stay. Now let's touch on about, uh, let's talk about reasons why people leave. And again, I'm not going down the road of physical or emotional abuse or uh, infidelity. I'm going to focus on those that I listed earlier. So as we transition to that, first, partner withdrawal. Now, this can take a variety of forms, such as a lack of emotional intimacy or maybe even more apparently a lack of physical intimacy such as physical proximity now if you tie it back to habituated behavior and if we make our schedules overly busy by extension that disallows partners from being in physical proximity with one another and if you don't know this the number one predictor of love is physical proximity and I hate to break it to people who believe that their high school boyfriend or girlfriend is their soulmate. I mean, they may very well be, but the reality is there's 7.7 billion people on the planet and who knows, maybe there's someone on the other side of the world that could, would actually be a soulmate or the one. And we never know that because we're never in physical proximity with them. So pardon my riff uh, on that. So what happens with partner withdrawal, whether it's intentional or unintentional, or you're you're just meeting other obligations that take away from your relationship or working on the emotional root system of your relationship, it creates what's referred to as relational drift. And this is how people grow apart over time where they're so busy with their respective lives, even if and even when they're meeting their family obligations, there creates this emotional drift where there's not a focus on working on the relationship. And ultimately that can lead to one or both people deciding to leave. The next one is constant fighting. Now, if there's one thing on this list that is the most obvious is constant ongoing conflict. I mean, who really wants to be in any relationship where you're fighting all the time? What's fascinating about relational arguments, particularly romantic relationship or uh, relational arguments, is that is the notion that fights or the topic of the fights keep recurring. And whenever you have the recurrence of a particular topic come up over and over and over again. What that tells you, or at least what that should inform both people in that relationship, is certain symptoms related to that problem may have been suppressed, but the root cause of the issue still lingers. And invariably, it will lead to one or both people dealing with unreconciled resentment. And As we've talked about in a previous podcast, unreconciled resentment absolutely serves as a cancer and destroys the relationship from inside out. And in effect, one or both people can't or won't put down the pain or face the pain or do whatever they need to do to move to forgive the other person. And not forgiving the other person is at the expense of the relationship. Maybe One of the ways to overcome this is that we first forgive our own mistakes, our own wrongs, and then be willing to forgive someone else. Who knows? The next is inequity, and this is feelings associated with one uh, party in the relationship actually contributing more to the relationship than the other partner. And while this may be factually correct, when people feel like they're getting the short end of the stick, hurt feelings result. And inevitably, this leads to scorekeeping, which does exactly zero good for the relationship. Let me give you an example of this that I've actually seen on a couple of occasions recently where I've seen a a married couple where the husband earns a great deal of money and the decision was made collectively for um, his wife to stay home and take care of the home, take care of children, make sure that children are home after school. Very traditional, um, not not a, really within this generational context as much. So very traditional type of model. And yet the, the husband who earns by every definition by every standard disproportionately more than the stay at home uh, housewife actually held against held that against her and as i as i observe this i'm thinking my goodness this can lead to so much pain and upset and hurt and potential resentment on behalf of the 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 wife because A, the decision was made to, to structure the, the family this way, and B, it completely minimizes up to discounting the contribution that the wife is making to the relationship. And in both cases, in, uh, with both individuals, they both feel a degree of inequity by not having the other person acknowledge their contribution as much as they would want to have it acknowledged. And it just, it just sets the stage for future conflict. And then we go back to what we just talked about, where ongoing conflict, unresolved conflict will invariably lead to unreconciled resentment. And then where do we go from there? And then I'm going to take the last two together, loss of attraction and violation of expectations. So when you look at those two, in many ways, they go together and there are plenty of There are plenty of reasons to uh, create separate mutually exclusive uh, examples for each of these, but we can actually take these together. So when expectations are violated, it isn't a stretch to lose attraction for our partners. So for example, if a husband leaves his job and shows very little ambition to pursue another job. Maybe this husband decides to hang around on the couch and binge Netflix. This is an absolute violation of the expectations his spouse has of him. Unless, of course, his spouse views him just as a lazy bum to begin with. But in most cases, this violates that expectation. And his laziness or lack of drive and lack of ambition is highly unattractive to his spouse. And it's important to note that expectations of others should always be set out loud. What we should never do is hold people accountable to expectations that we don't say out loud, or at least don't talk through. I might set an expectation for my wife, she might not like that, and we work through that dynamic to varying degrees of, of conflict and discord. But the reality is we've moved beyond setting expectations of one another where we don't verbalize it and then so we avoid holding them, holding each other accountable to things that we don't say out loud. As for loss of attraction, sometimes this can't be helped as people have their own preferences. We do. And while our preferences are not immutable. They're extremely difficult to change. So for example, there may be aspects of um, of the opposite sex that you find physically attractive or don't find physically attractive. And that ties into your individual preferences. That doesn't mean that you love your, your romantic partner any less. It's a preference. Some people like green beans, others don't. There are there are biological factors, there are genetic factors that actually contribute to our preferences for things, whether we like them or not, or whether anyone else likes them or not. And where this gets this gets particularly weird is that when other people hold our preferences against us, thereby leading to resentment and unreconciled conflict. I mean, you could also apply you know sense of humor to this, or different personality characteristics where you know as people evolve in their life as as they they grow and develop and change, you know someone's sense of humor might might you know get tweaked a little bit or certain aspects of their personality that were never expressed before are now expressing themselves, and the other person finds them unattractive and like what do you what do you do with that right so this is clearly multifaceted and multi-layered. Now I do want to call your attention to a bit of a recurring theme throughout each of these, particularly the leaving list, and that is many times people leave relationships because they're externalizing problems in the relationship. They're they're projecting onto their partner or even blaming their partner maybe even being a bit of a victim and we've long since established that once the blame card gets played the victim card follows suit so what's the real issue and if we're honest and this takes a ton of maturity it it takes a ton of self-discipline it certainly takes uh, a a lot of looking at ourselves in the mirror, especially if you're in, if if you're a serial dater or you've been in multiple marriages or you've had the same issue come up over and over and over again with your romantic partner and it still hasn't been resolved. We actually have to take a step back and look at who's the common denominator here. And the reality is, is we are. We're the common denominator, you are, I am, and if your present relationship has had the same recurring themes, or you, or if, if you don't have the relationship you want, the reality is we can change it. If you're, if you're doing something that isn't helpful, or hasn't moved the needle in a positive way, or isn't just, isn't useful, do something else. mean, do we really expect things to change if we don't change the way we do things i mean that seems self-evident and whenever you pose that question to most people they're like oh yeah that makes perfect sense but if there's an emotional attachment to it and this is the linchpin part of it if there's an emotional attachment to it it makes it way difficult to go and do something else versus if we're giving the advice to someone else it's like oh wow this is this is sage advice and maybe we should take our own advice. Otherwise, we're gonna stay in dissatisfying relationships or even leave the relationship and we're gonna deal with varying degrees of pain along the way. There may be unintended consequences related to, um, related to family or extended family, young children. I mean, the, this leaves lasting marks that's not just about the two people in the relationship. And I get it. There are some situations where the, the, the differences are just irreconcilable and that's okay. If you've checked all those boxes in, you're like, you know what, I'd, I'd rather deal with the pain associated with leaving versus the, the constant questioning of what could I possibly have been missing out, which is another way of saying what I might regret. Perhaps in order to move past this and move past this more effectively, as I mentioned earlier, is we need to forgive ourselves. We actually we actually need to stop blaming other people, start blaming our romantic partner and look within us and say, you know what? I'm going to give that older version of myself a hug because that older, older version did something stupid or multiple things stupid or said hurtful things. And... Uh, I have guilt associated with who I was then. Well, if you've done any kind of work on yourself, it's time to take a look back and say, you know what, that person did what they did. And the meaning I give it is the meaning I give it. They did what they did in many ways that was neutral. And now I'm, I feel guilty or shameful, uh, you know, related to that when maybe I just need to go back and, and forgive that person. Forgive that version of myself, in order to create a situation where I reinforce more positive, you know, behavior. You know, down the road, which is really what I want to call your attention back to as we get ready to close this this episode is the the self the self reinforcing nature of human motivation, and you know the Cliff's Notes version is that in almost every case, people engage in behaviors or take actions that seek to maximize payoffs or rewards and avoid pain. And while the rewards of staying in relationships helps to reinforce the behavior and that keeps the relationship going, leaving a relationship can also be seen as a reward because the pain of leaving is no longer greater than the pain of staying you're probably going to have to rewind that one a little bit. When people leave because they, they're finally, they've gotten to a point of accepting the pain associated with it, leaving is actually a reward because the pain is no longer greater than the pain of staying. And it must be acknowledged that in either case, whether you stay or leave, controlling behaviors that mean this is something that's within all of our control we have the ability to make the relationships the way we want them provided that we get out of our own way and provided that we are willing to work through issues with our romantic partners and the work in and of itself is reinforcing because there's a reward there minimally we improve minimally we improve as individuals minimally we get a little bit better together, but not looking at it or looking at it in the same way or, or looking at it in an unproductive way, whether we're consciously aware of this or not, actually makes the relationship better. But bear in mind that we're always performing a cost of benefit analysis when we calculate perceived payoffs and perceived costs. So, and one final point of clarification, you know, in in a way people living in in dysfunctional relationships uh, are, might be judged harshly for their decision to stay or leave and this is where we we share our life with other people and this isn't to suggest that we shouldn't seek wise counsel but we have to be really careful as to the agendas of people that we communicate with it, Absolutely, we need to communicate with people we trust. We need to uh, have them give us a more objective. It's not a fully objective, but a more objective perspective uh, on things. But to not not commiserate and and, and we need to be able to take stock of who we're getting this from. Because if you're in a romantic relationship and your best friend doesn't like your partner, I mean, that can get kind of noisy on you. On you really quickly. Um, so you have to understand their motivation for uh you know participating in your life. They, you need to understand what is self-reinforcing for them, too. This is not easy. This is not easy to do, especially during times of heightened emotion. But always remember human motivation is remarkably consistent when it comes to. Seeking pleasure and avoiding pain when it comes to trying to maximize our payoffs and minimize our cost. And when you think critically about this idea of the pleasure-pain principle, you realize that it's about maximizing moment-to-moment payoffs. It's about about trying to minimize moment-to-moment costs because we're constantly doing that evaluation. And going back to what I said earlier in financial or economics terms, I mean, we literally keep a ledger in, uh, in our mind of those things that are favorable, those things that are less favorable. And uh, ultimately, you know, it really comes down to, to, to each his or her own. And so, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, I publish content designed to be helpful i truly hope this was uh, for you at least a little bit we'll explore more of this idea of self-reinforcing behavior and its relationship to motivation and uh, other relational dynamics uh, in part two of why we do anything next week in the meantime be well fellow questers please contact the show at thequestforlife.com. That's the quest, the number for life.com. After you do, please consider leaving a five-star rating, even writing a review and passing this on to your friends. And as always, thank you for joining the conversation.